For a large selection of books on a variety of apologetics themes, be sure to visit the Utah Christian Research Center, located at 579 West Galena Park Place in the city of Draper. The Utah Christian Research Center is open Wednesday through Saturday at 10 a.m. Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Our thanks to Adams Road Band for that musical introduction. Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry. And with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. This week, we began a series looking at some of the books that were given as Christmas gifts by the First Presidency of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. They gave these books away between 1981 and 2017. They were given to other general authorities in the church, as well as some of the employees of the church. The question that we asked at the beginning of the week is this. If a general authority was to give you a book and have you read it, would you think that what's in that book is something that that general authority believes? And if he believes it, do you think that you as a Latter-day Saint should believe it also? You can go to our website, mrm.org slash books, employee, gift. And that would be hyphens between books, employee, and gift. And you can see the list of books. There are 37 of them. Uh, Three different times they gave away the LDS scriptures. And at the same time, they gave away a lot of books written by presidents of the church. Obviously, these are books that must have been important. Otherwise, why would they have put them into leather and put such quality into giving those away? You could not buy them. It was only for general authorities and other employees of the church. Now, the reason why we have them, or Eric has them, I should say, is because he found these books on eBay. Some of them were still sealed in the cellophane that they originally came in. And so I would have to assume that those that were still sealed were probably being sold by members of the church who perhaps did not think that that gift was really worth keeping, but that's another issue. The point is, does it make sense that the first presidency of the church would give away books that contain teachings that members should not believe? No, that doesn't make a lot of sense at all. That doesn't make any sense at all. But today we're going to look at the topic of God, looking at what some of these books had to say in relationship to the person of God the Father. And so the first one we're going to deal with is a book that was given away as a Christmas gift. It was a book written by Joseph F. Smith, the sixth president of the church, titled Gospel Doctrines. And this quote can be found on pages 453 and 454. He wrote, It is said that God is a spirit, and they who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. But he is a spirit possessing the tabernacle of flesh and bones, as tangible as a man's, and therefore, to be like God and Jesus, all men must have a body. Now, earlier in the week, we discussed the topic of truth and how important truth is to a lot of these leaders in the church and should be important to members of the church as well. This is one of those areas where we have to examine what's being said and ask ourselves, is this man's 
explanation is Joseph F. Smith's explanation of John 4.24 that says that God is spirit. Is his interpretation accurate? I would say, no, it is not. It doesn't say in John 4.24 that God has a spirit. It says God is spirit. In fact, it's the King James that puts the word A in there. Actually, it reads, God is spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So I would find Joseph F. Smith's explanation of this passage, or his exegesis of this passage, to be faulty because the Greek does not support his conclusion. We have a friend, a mutual friend, Mark Strauss, and we asked him that question a few years ago, and he said very clearly it cannot be translated the way that the Latter-day Saint might want to make it. Uh, it's funny how he takes John 4.24, and the verse says what it says, and he says, but he's a spirit possessing the tabernacle of flesh and bones. Where does it say that in John 4.24? In fact, where does it say it anywhere in the Bible. Now, a Latter-day Saint might try to pull verses out of the Old Testament and verses that were personifying God in an anthropomorphic sense, that God has a hand or God has a nose, and they say, well, that must be literal. That's taken out of the context. No Jewish person, no Christian person, no Muslim person, the monotheistic religions of the world would believe that God has a body of flesh and bones. Where does Joseph F. Smith and other Latter-day Saints get that? Well, it's from Doctrine and Covenants, section 130, verse 22. We reject Doctrine and Covenants because Joseph Smith wrote it, and we don't believe he had the authority to write Scripture as a Latter-day Saint might think. Well, we go on in these descriptions of who God is, and we're going to look at another by Joseph Smith that's found in the teachings of the prophet Joseph Smith, which was also given as a Christmas gift. This is found on page 370, and it says, I have always declared God to be a distinct personage, Jesus Christ a separate and distinct personage from God the Father, and that the Holy Ghost was a distinct personage and a spirit, and these three constitute three distinct personages and three gods. Now, that statement can't possibly be true, because when we look at the Book of Mormon, for instance, we don't find it teaching, as Joseph Smith claims, that there are three distinct personages and three distinct gods. I mean, we only need to go to Alma chapter 11, verse 27. Let me start with verse 26, because this is a conversation between Zizram and Amulek. Zizram is a lawyer in this context, and Amulek is a prophet of God who cannot say anything which is contrary to the Spirit of the Lord, according to Alma 11.22. When you read verse 26, Zizram says to Amulek, thou sayest there is a true and living God. Now there's the context. The question is, is there a true and living God? Amulek says, yea, there is a true and living God. Now, Zizram then says in verse 28, is there more than one God? And we could easily imply that what this means is there more than one true and living God, because that's the way the question was framed earlier. So is there more than one true and living God? Is there more than one God is the question. And in verse 29, what does Amulek say? The man who could not say anything contrary to the Spirit of the Lord, he said, no, no, 
That's the answer in verse 29. In other words, no, there is not more than one true and living God. So if the Book of Mormon is teaching that there is only one true and living God and there is no more than one true and living God, where in the world is Joseph Smith coming up with this notion that he has always declared God to be a distinct personage, Jesus Christ a separate and distinct personage from God the Father, and that the Holy Ghost was a distinct personage and a spirit, and these three constitute three distinct personages and three gods. Furthermore, folks, there are a lot of other places in the Book of Mormon that also mention that there is only one God. And bear in mind, the Book of Mormon was one of the books that was given away as a Christmas gift by the First Presidency. Another quote from Joseph Smith, Teachings of the Prophet Joseph Smith, page 370. He said, I will preach on the plurality of gods. I have selected this text for that express purpose. I wish to declare I have always, and in all congregations, when I have preached on the subject of the deity, it has been the plurality of gods. It has been preached by the elders for 15 years. But what I find fascinating about that citation is when he says this, 15 years would take you to before the Book of Mormon was actually written in 1830. And as you're mentioning, the Book of Mormon very clearly teaches that there is only one God. Joseph Smith changes his mind. Certainly, Doctrine and Covenants, section 130, comes later. And at the same time, if you go back, if the Book of Mormon being, according to Joseph Smith, the most correct book on earth, and a man could get near to God by abiding by its precepts and by any other book, well then how did he contradict himself and the Book of Mormon to say he is always taught on the plurality of gods? Earlier this week we talked about truth. It's important for both the Latter-day Saint and the Christian listening to us to understand. We're trying to understand what Mormonism is teaching. We're given a book by the First Presidency, that's a classic, Teachings of the Prophet Joseph Smith. They're not backing off on this, that Joseph Smith says that it has always been. And so that must be true for the Latter-day Saint today. And you would think that if we find Joseph Smith contradicting himself, as he certainly does in the statements that we have just read, I mean, he did not always declare God to be three personages and three gods. He, he just didn't do that. We certainly don't get that from reading the Book of Mormon. In fact, as we've mentioned many times on this show, rather than teaching this distinct doctrine of tritheism, which is really what Mormons hold to today in a modern sense, the Book of Mormon teaches modalism, that the Father is the Son. That certainly is a heresy that was not embraced by the Christian church. It was refuted. So we don't find the Book of Mormon teaching the doctrine of tritheism. Another idea, not only that uh, there are multiple gods, but we have the idea that man can become a god. Lorenzo Snow, the fifth president of the church, came up with what is known as the Lorenzo Snow Couplet. Well, one of the books given by the First Presidency is called The Teachings of Lorenzo Snow, published in, in the leatherback edition in 2012. We're not talking ver a very long time ago. Page two, he says... As God now is, man may be. Now I have told you what Father Smith said to me, that I should become as great as I could want to be, even as great as God himself. About two years and a half later in Nauvoo, I asked Elder Sherwood to explain a certain passage of Scripture, and while he was endeavoring to give an explanation, the Spirit of God fell upon me to a marked extent, and the Lord revealed to me just as plainly as the sun at noonday, this principle, which I put in a couplet, as man now is, God once was, as God now is, man may be. 
that fulfilled Father Smith's declaration, nothing was ever revealed more distinctly than that was to me. Now, Bill, we've heard that Snow's couplet is no longer being taught in Mormonism. What would you say to that? Of course that's been taught. Anybody who just reads some of the manuals that the church has put out, especially the teachings of the Presidents of the Church manual, twice in two manuals, the Lorenzo Snow couplet shows up. So it most certainly is a doctrine of the LDS Church today, based on the statement you just read from the teachings of Lorenzo Snow, one of the books, as you mentioned, that was given away as a Christmas gift to general authorities and other employees of the church, why would they give away a book that includes this type of a teaching if they felt that that teaching was no longer being taught or should be believed? Now, we want to offer you a PDF of not only the quotes that we've been citing here on this show, but also many more that we just don't have the time to get into. But if they want a copy of that PDF, Eric, what must they do? Go to our website, mrm.org, and on the right side, click on Donate. And for a generous gift of any size, you can receive two different PDF files we will mail to you in the next week. We're going to include the PDF of your book in their own words. In the add a note section, if you could do us a favor, just type in PDF so we know that you're requesting those two PDF files. And if you could give us the call letters of the radio station you listen to or the state you live in, if you would do that, that will help us to know where you are from. And 100% of that money uh, is going directly into our radio ministry. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism.